Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. Welcome to the very first episode of The Last Rung. So this is terrifying and exciting in equal measure. Uh, Wish me luck and off we go. So today's guest is someone who hasn't been freelancing very long, but has quickly managed to establish himself as a valued member of the freelance community. So I invited him to come on to chat about his early journey into freelancing and how he's managed to establish himself so quickly. So with no further ado, one waffle from me, welcome Tom Garfield. How are you doing today? (laughs) <laughs> hello yeah i'm good hello. i'm very good thank you oh hello. so fabulous to have you here um so <laughs> before you. we begin would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do yeah of course so so i'm tom i am um like a marketing consultant specialist for the healthcare industry um so i work with health companies that's doctors and therapists and nutritionists and all sorts of health providers um to improve the appointments that they get and the number of inquiries that they get through their digital marketing through their website um, mostly through search engines and making sure that their website is as good as it can be um, to, to kind of improve that and it's all about making sure that you produce something that's that's best for their audience which is patience and making sure that they resonate with all of that so I've been doing that for about 10 10 12 years um, in healthcare um, obviously, I've only been freelancing for the for the year, but I was doing it part time before that for a few years. Um, and yeah, I've been in marketing and sales and and kind of as account manager agencies before that. So I've got a fairly long history of doing this sort of thing, but only um, only freelancing for the one one year so far. Amazing, and it seems to be going very well so far, which is marvelous. Yeah, it is. It is going. It's going well. Um, things things are good. As I say, I've kind of been been doing it as a job for for a while and it's just the freelance side of it in terms of managing running it as a business that I've kind of learned yeah. a lot about um, but the actual work is something that I've been been doing a while so yes yeah, it's, it's great it's good to kind of do it for myself so what is it that's made you go full-time freelance what's prompted you to make that leap in the last year well I wanted to I've wanted to do it for a long time so I've always kind of had a tendency to be a bit I don't like the word entrepreneurial in that way, but like a little bit kind of yeah. different to having a job, like a normal job. I started kind of when I was younger a little bit doing, I've been a magician. I was oh, like really? a self-employed magician for a little while, not like 
super full time but I was like 19, 20 and did it kind of on the side and yeah ended up doing that I've done um, going like door to door selling wheelie bin stickers when I was a kid and stuff <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, so there's always been a little bit of that in me yeah. um, and I've never really been that great with, with bosses I always get to a certain point I don't know if it's me or them or what but um, I've always got to a certain point in a job and I've, I've thought right it's time for us to, to part ways I've, one of us isn't isn't working here and so I've always felt that this was going to be where I ended up um, and then the actual moment that I decided to do it was a couple of years before I did because and then because of COVID and we had a baby um, in the summer of 2019 uh, it all just kind of I never really decided just to go for it it was always quite a difficult thing for me to kind of feel that I was ready but I ended up choosing to do it at probably the time that was when I was the least ready, which was really weird, which was <laughs> yeah. December of 2020. So where I am in Kent, we were in, as we remember, the tier system. We were in like tier three and things were really like locked down and we were about to go into another lockdown in January and we'd just come out of one in October or November, I can't remember. And it was a really weird time and, and I actually handed my notice in, in the September before that. So things were okay in the summer and September. And I thought, okay, well, things are going to be all right now. And then as my notice period, the three-month notice period, as my notice period was kind of approaching and the, the, my leaving date, COVID and stuff was getting worse again. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> was starting to get really nervous. I was like, okay, hold on. What are we going to do? Luckily, my sector, the healthcare sector, um, in March of 2020, pretty much everything like private or unessential shut down. Um and it was only essential care. But by the time things had kind of got to the winter, everybody realised that you really can't shut down everything because there's just going to become waiting lists and huge, people still need treatment for other stuff. It's not it's not really feasible to continue this massive shutdown. So luckily, um, when 2021 started, things kind of started going okay again. So that was that was good. But just to go back to kind of the ultimate reason that I decided, it was really finding um the first thing i found ever when i started googling freelancing and how to go self-employed probably the first proper thing i found was steve Holland's being freelance podcast um yeah so i listened to that for like two two or three years i think before before i even decided to go ahead and then i found um you know doing it for the kids and i found the communities and and started to lurk in those in those places and watch and learn and read and start to dream about me becoming one of them in the future so it was a few years in the making um and yeah then, yeah managed to get managed to get it done yeah that's i think that answers for me something that well, it was something i was going to come on to that you like mm. i say you've only been freelancing a year but you've really managed to get a presence really it feels quickly and this is what people will see but actually like you say then it's been a long time that you were kind of in the planning and setting up and being present in those communities then isn't it yeah i think so um it's hard to kind of notice your own presence yeah. when you're just you and whether and, and understand how recognized you are in a community or how how well people know you and all of that it's kind of hard to hard to know that for yourself but i can see that you know for a long time i was very much silent if you like in the background i was listening to yeah. you know podcasts i was watching people in the groups 
and I was having a chat with a few different people a little bit and really kind of only probably chatting in in the communities like once a month if that or doing you know so there wasn't a lot but I was I spent a long time learning and watching and and following people that probably didn't notice I was following them because I wasn't really making a big fuss about myself or posting much and stuff and then yeah and so yeah that kind of built up a lot of momentum for me to then when I was ready to say here I am I then decided to do that and it was really great because people started to realize, oh that okay I've seen him before I know I know him um and yeah it, that, that was kind of I think part of maybe if there's a perception that I've gone bang like that, yeah. Well, the, well, this is the case. It's funny because I was talking to someone about this yesterday that people have very much with me seen suddenly this what they perceive to be an overnight success with the book. But yeah, that yeah. has been like 15 years of hell in a career that has led to that book yeah, and yeah. me stewing on things and three years of working my guts out. So, you know, people mm. have said to me, You're everywhere, and it's like, Yeah, but that has taken my health and my my yeah. insomnia and everything to do that um so yeah i think it's really good to see that the behind the scenes it's something that's not seen enough is it on social media people see the yeah. awards and the shiny stuff um but yeah it's so what was your biggest fear going into this freelance career then because i mean you've set yourself up really well for that launch actually you've done it in a much better way than i did just flinging myself in but were were there still real fears that you had in actually making that commitment to go full-time solo yeah absolutely so the, the same fears i think that anyone has which is mm. what if no one wants wants me yeah. what if i start doing this and then people were like no no thanks not interested um and then you end up you know i imagined my worst case scenario which would yeah. be that i'd try do it for a few months i've got i, I actually sold my car my favorite uh, car yeah bought a cheaper car to give myself like a bit more money to so, sort of have in the bank yeah. yeah yeah and and so i had a little bit of money and i said right we're going to give it a few months and if I don't earn any money at this point I'm going to then start looking for another job and that was a big fear that I had um the other fear was around the like the COVID situation there's, there's nothing yes. I can do about it but I've launched during a lockdown which was yeah. I had no idea how things were going to go I had absolutely no idea if there was a an interest in in my target markets kind of marketing at that time if people were just saying right we're not going to do anything we're just going to hunker down until COVID passes though it looks like it's never going to pass but yeah, yeah. No um, time soon. I think it was all those fears really and it was also a little bit there was a slight fear of of like loneliness you know like yes. I was leaving a job I was leaving a job there was like 500 people at, place, at the hospital that I was working at and I knew that I was going to be pretty much on my own um, day in day out and that was one of my fears was I, I had quite a few friends at that hospital and it was quite nice there was a lot of bits that I wasn't like keen on and wanted to work for myself but ultimately the group of people that I was working with I really loved and I thought am I gonna am I gonna end up actually hating this because it was a big dream but actually is the reality gonna be not quite what I expected it to be um yeah. so those are my yeah those are my biggest fears I think just kind of typical fears I suppose yeah very much so and it's it's incredible how no matter what people tell us, we still have the fears, don't we? Oh, yeah, there's this amazing community there. And if you engage, you won't be lonely and things. Um, but something I just want to come back to there, because like, obviously you've worked in the industry for 10 years. Did you mm. manage to bring some contacts with you then 
that helped you with that initial setup from your previous experiences or did you have to start from scratch with finding people no for i your... was lucky i had a few i had a few clients not not many right. it wasn't kind of it was less than half of the income i needed right full time um to pay you know to pay the bills but i wasn't starting from scratch i was very fortunate enough to have had a few clients that i'd you know contact so so the way that the kind of healthcare sector works is a lot of the doctors that work privately work for them they work for themselves and they work with the hospitals not for the hospitals employees if you like so a lot of those those um doctors that i'd i'd met through my my work at the hospital and stuff i'd ended up doing bits and pieces for um and so i had a couple of clients that was were regular and a couple of clients that i'd previously done stuff for and so yeah in the first couple of months a lot of my work was for them and for people that i asked for recommendations so i asked uh, my existing clients to kind of help me out in my first and it's always that kind of beginner thing where people want to give you a good start and help you out and that's that's quite nice yeah and i think that's something that has been quite a shock like even to my partner you know he'll say like why are you recommending other freelancers for this work are they not your competition i'm like no and so there's also that in the community isn't there of you know you quite often see a post saying does anyone know a healthcare copywriter or or whatever and people will refer each other which is which is fantastic but so how do you feel about it all now 12 months on how have you had time to even reflect on it or are you still kind of going full steam ahead yeah, I I have I have reflected on it, and I'm always trying to look back and appreciate what's happened because there yeah. are things, you know, there are things that have happened that I used to spend a long time thinking, oh, maybe one day I could be part of that or do that, and you know, things like, you know, fairly recently, I think it was September, I I I you know the weekly Steve Follins weekly um, non-employee of the week award. Yes. I got I got that and I've been watching people win that you know not not able to win it myself for a number of years because I was an employee and I was just kind of watching from the sidelines and then and that just like little moment just to have been when he says Tom Garfield and then runs around the car park I was just (laughs) it meant so much to me just because it kind of was an example of I'm here now I'm doing what I wanted to do I'm being what I wanted to be for all that time and stuff like that was you know amazing so yeah 12 months on i don't think i would have believed myself if i'd gone back 12 months and said this is kind of where you'll be in 12 months i think i still would have assumed i'd be kind of maybe struggling my way through working sort of as many hours as i could cold calling businesses trying to get work in i i didn't think it would be as i don't want to say easy because it's definitely not been easy but sort of in terms of being able to make it work and make it sustainable and feel like I no longer feel like I'm I'm sort of going to struggle to get work it's more about how can I make it work well if that makes sense yeah I don't have that fear of in in a year am I going to have to get a job I kind of don't feel that anymore I I feel like I'm that's fine I'm going to be all right in terms of staying as self-employed but it's just about the other side which is managing it well not burning out keeping my mental health and my physical health in check and just making it work well instead of making it work at all that's kind yeah. of the 12 month progress i think i've made i suppose and, and you've done well to do that in 12 months because i must say that's taken me probably more like two years to get to that point where i've 
you know, I, I had that initial flurry of take on anything and everything and mm. then started to, you know, actually say no to people. But now I'm starting to niche and refine it a little bit and work out, yeah, how to just make sure you can keep that balance. Because me and work-life balance don't get on. We are total mm. enemies. <laughs> but so I think I really think you've done well to kind of establish yourself to that point. But do you think having done bits on the side as freelance when you were full-time has helped with that and the general setup and and managing to establish yourself oh completely you know yeah. I mean, so i was i was part-time and what i mean by part-time is perhaps i was uh. doing about five or six hours a week of, of freelance work outside of my job yeah and yeah definitely you know it's a big, been a big part of being able to then go full-time and in a year sort of get to a point where i feel very happy that i'm going to carry on and i'm not going to kind of lose um, lose the chance to be a freelancer and, and be self-employed yeah it, it's something that I think if I hadn't have tried it for a few years I hadn't have kind of done it part-time I wouldn't have learned as much as I had in that time and then I would have been starting from zero and I would have had to learn yeah. so much and also you know learning from other established freelancers you know I can't emphasize enough the value of listening to other people who have been through that journey and taking on their advice through the communities through the podcast through talking to other people that i've i've known that have been doing it you know taking on board everything that they they say and there's and and when you listen to enough people you start to spot some common themes and you're starting okay <laughs> this is an area to be careful of this is an area to watch this is something you need to make sure you do and so that's that has been like anything right you study something and then you get better at it and then once you start doing it you're better prepared to to do it so yeah, for oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Le- learning and doing it part time for a few years before going full time has definitely been a big help. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you say, learn from others. You know, others have been there and made the mistakes that you're going to make. So, you know, yeah, talk exactly. to them about it. And yeah. And it's, you know, it's nothing to hide or be ashamed of when you do mess up or something. You know, we've, we've all yeah. been there and done it and everyone understands. And the great thing I think about the communities is you only need to post something in Freelance Heroes or being freelance and say, yeah, yeah. ah, this has happened. And someone will help you script an email, won't they? Or tell you a strategy mm. to get yourself out of this or give you yeah, legal. I've had that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely love the freelance community for that. It's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so yeah. good. And also, like, when, when I've messed up, I have done. Plenty, yeah. you know i've had to this year I, i've had to like refund the client because things didn't work out you know there, there's not it's not been like all success no it's just but then when you do kind of get to that point there's a community of people to kind of talk to you about it and mm. you can say this happened it's really annoying and they're not yet been there been there loads of times you know yeah there's people that, people that have been doing it sort of 10 12 years and and they say yeah happens all yeah. Time, even now you know you get to the point where you just have a bad client relationship for whatever reason it's not because either of you are a bad person it just something happens it doesn't work out or you know there's delays or whatever so that's been really awesome to not then feel like oh i'm a total failure it's all me it's all my fault i'm not cut out to do this to have other people who've been doing it a long time say no 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 this is normal that's fine yeah it's been really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I think we all need that validation that we're, we're, we're not a nightmare. We've not messed up or things at some point, don't we? Yeah. So, and a lot yeah. of it is, you know, everybody's trying to portray their best self and put out all the positives and be, yeah. you know, when they post on social media, it's all about 
success and the good things but actually there's been that little shift to sort of a little bit more vulnerability and I think that's a really good thing where everybody's sharing some of their weaker areas or their problems or their fears and that's I think been really healthy. Oh I think it, I that's something that I'm a huge advocate for sure all sides and I'm not going to tell you everything about my life you know and every personal no. detail but I think it's so important to get rid of this front on social media of only showing the shiny shiny happy side and everything being magical when actually nobody's 100% happy and content and successful all the time we all have a crap day or a you like you say a rubbish project yeah. or a something and yeah, so I try to really kind of show both sides without being like a negative crying thing on, yeah, on a yeah. live or something. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. So in, in terms of following on from that, what's been your mm. biggest challenge, do you think, so far to deal with? I guess my biggest challenge, I suppose it's the work-life balance, like yeah. the side of it, because I've got a two-year-old daughter and... I, I think it's really important for me to to make sure that I'm not always working because especially yeah. working from home and being able to do it jump on the computer whenever you want and also like on your phone and stuff and, and just there's always the opportunity to, to work and do something and so that's been the biggest problem is is that kind of feast and famine cycle where I've taken on a lot of projects all in one go and then realising I've got to deliver all of this and they all want it at the same time and then you always kind of got to call a few late nights yeah and you, yeah. you 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 realize hold on this is all a bit much I've done, I've just realized that this is all a bit much in in one big go and so trying to level that out trying to get to a point where I'm not constantly overworking or constantly having that moment those times where you've got to do a week of like 14 hour days just to get the stuff done has probably been the biggest challenge um and and it's a it's a fortunate challenge in that I've been able to take on enough work to be you know to be needed for that amount of time that was you know my biggest fear was not getting enough but the reality has been having too much in, yeah. in times and then also like over the summer I think it was it quieted down in August and I think a lot of people have that experience where things quieted down yes yeah. in August and December and so just managing all of that and realizing the seasonal peaks and understanding that I no longer get well I do I do I pay myself a monthly salary but I no longer sort of have that monthly definite income and I have to manage that myself I have to stretch that out over a certain amount of time some months I'll have sort of bigger months of revenue and other months I have very quiet months and it's up to me to to look ahead and manage all of that and, and make sure that my hours and my income are balanced and I'm not overdoing any one area of that. Yeah, and, and those are the things that do take often a couple of years to learn, aren't they? That, like, say, yeah. yes, August is always quiet because everyone goes on summer holiday or they're looking after the kids and things like that. Even in the pandemic, that was the case. And then, like, say, December again. And it, I totally this year forgot that October is always my insane month. And I decided to launch the book in that month. <laughs> and it was only yeah. afterwards I was like, oh, yeah, that was not good planning. And you've got to kind of... <laughs> learn these peaks and troughs and plan accordingly and yeah it's it is a real learning curve so in the first year or two if you know if anyone was listening and thought oh you know they they're really not getting a grip of that it will take a couple of years and even then yeah. you'll have moments where you're stupidly in your enthusiasm like me 
absolutely throw that off the pot anyway. Yeah. All you're learning. And I'm nowhere um, near like nowhere near done with that. Like that's no. still something. I don't think it will ever be perfect, but mm. I think recognizing it and trying your best to manage it is probably the best thing to do. But but I mean, nowhere, I, near, nowhere near ready. No, and you having started in the pandemic will have altered that flow as well because I've seen a massive change in the in the peaks and troughs I'd seen pre-pandemic and to now in the last 18 months it has changed quite a lot again and I think like you I'm in an industry that actually really took off in the pandemic I was very lucky that you know obviously e-learning everybody had to do it suddenly so although my contracts were cancelled in that April and I had a momentary panic it just then took off and it's not stopped since. And Mm -hmm. I think it's also really good to tell people that there are still industries thriving out there because there was this panic, wasn't there, at the beginning of the pandemic that all freelancing would just disappear and that we'd all have to go into full-time work again. (laughs) But actually, it's not been the case. Um, Well, I've noticed a lot of people going freelance recently. Yeah. um, Because... I think it's it's come at there's there's certain industries that have come out in a sort of morbid way, bit better off in terms of like business and the digital aspect of yeah. stuff and the way the p- things are done now. And so, when you're a freelancer and you're someone that, that worked remotely and you're used to that way of working and you're able to do, you know, tech-based stuff or stuff that's more digital, there's there's such an opportunity now to to do that because people are much more you know clients that before we're not used to Zooms or yeah. Google Docs or, or things like that. They're now kind of, they were forced into using them. And so there's a lot more, so I think it's a lot easier to work with people remotely now. It's people who oh, definitely. weren't used to it before. Yeah, and I think there's more opportunities because people are realising they don't have to hire a freelancer in their area or even in their country, yeah. Um, yeah. which it amazes me because I was already working for like companies abroad and stuff pre-pandemic and suddenly everyone's gone, oh yeah, we can do that. And yeah. I, I like the fact that there's been an awakening to that for sure. <laughs> it's Actually, you know, yeah. a whole and bit of variety. I, I think that's really, really good. I think one yeah. of the things that's hit, I, probably something I didn't touch on that's sort of about my, my success, I suppose, is specialisation yeah. and niching in that way. And me being a healthcare specific person, mm. I think if I wasn't, I wouldn't have been no. noticed by many people because it's so generic. But it, it all depends on what works for you, I suppose. But for me, like yeah. specialising in healthcare has been really, really important in terms of the opportunities that I've had, the relationships I've built. And so if anyone's considering niching, I think it's a great thing to do if it's if it's the right thing for yeah. you. If yeah. you're thinking about doing it. Because admittedly, I hadn't until now. I, I took mm-hmm. on anything and everything in terms of the e-learning, but I had a very specific niche in that I did the full process and a lot of people don't. So that was my niche yeah. more in the process. But as yeah. of New Year, I'm going to really focus on healthcare, mental health, physical health, medical areas and the environment and personal development because they're the areas I'm mm-hmm. interested in and that light a fire in me mm-hmm. not some of the topics I've been writing about, like GDPR, things like that. Oh, yeah. Never want to see that again. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you do learn that it, it, sometimes it is good to be open at the beginning to learn what you like, but I think there definitely comes a point when you're more comfortable with your income and things that it's, you, you suddenly start to think, yeah, I can I can niche a bit now. and uh, Not niche, yeah. not the American way. Niche. No, not niche. <laughs> niche. No. Yeah. I um I think 
I think it's really important not to niche too early, uh, too early. Yeah. Because like I didn't I didn't focus really sort of heavily on healthcare until I was a good six years into my career as a right. doctor. Okay. And so I worked at, at agencies that were general agencies that weren't mm. specialised in any particular industry, and I ended up getting a few healthcare clients almost as a coincidence. Oh. But if I hadn't have done that and, I've, and I'd felt pressure to just like pick a niche really early, I'd probably feel a little bit of almost like what's what else is out there. And, you know, yeah. and so being able to niche a bit later, I think, is really important because you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you're good at. You don't know what's, you know, what's going to suit you until you've tried a few different things. Yeah. So, yeah that, I think that's really important. Yeah, and yeah, and suits your writing style and things as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah all sorts. Like yeah. Mm. So, in terms of your freelance journey, who's mm. been the biggest inspiration in that route? So, different people have been in a big inspiration in different ways. So, uh, obviously, you know, the, the freelance communities and, and yeah. um, the Being Freelance podcast and stuff was the thing that got me kind of realizing that I could make this work for myself so in terms of inspiring me to go for it that's been probably the, the, the best thing um, over the last 12 months um, it's been about you know just the people that I've got to know you know my new internet friends which has been so <laughs> cool just to kind of have people my my clients and the the, the, the industry that I serve aren't particularly online much they're not really sort of you know not that into social media a lot of doctors they're very busy they're not very kind of on social media all the time so that world my actual market isn't really the place that I've kind of found friends um but a lot of people that I work alongside and and the person I have to kind of mention is is Bavini Lakani who I ended up listening to her being freelance podcast episode the day before one of my clients asked me about a new logo Right. And so it, it, she said, oh, I, I think I need to rebrand because I'm changing my company name and we're going to be doing all this stuff. Can you help me if you've got anyone you recommend? And I was like, ah, yes, actually, because I listened to <laughs> Bavini's freelance, freelance episode the day before. And so I just just sent her an email and said, I'm looking for someone to help me. Would you be interested in talking to me about it? And we ended up you know, working together on that. And we've worked together quite a few times now over the last year. And, and she's been such a big support we talk all the time and we've worked together on a few few different projects over the last year and she actually did all of my new branding yes. um and she's she marked 10 years this year um yeah. of freelancing and so to be to for me to be in my first year and her to be in her 10th year and her to have been supporting me and kind of championing me and and she's been brilliant she's she's great for everyone she's just such a brilliant person but oh she is she's gorgeous of, i mean yeah I met her through the um, Cookie Collective in Being Freelance, so the uh, mm, the non-mastermind mm. mastermind, four of us in there, yeah. and we got on great. And she's, you know, she's always the one that checks in with me and, like I say, supports me on Instagram and watches my lives. And even when I mess up and I do it wrong on the wrong account and then it goes wrong on the next account and then I have to do it a third time, she was there for every one of it and she yeah. does really champion other people. Um, and for anyone listening, she's going to be number two. She's episode two, funnily enough, in, in this podcast. So you'll have to tune into the next one as well. But yes, definitely okay. Bavini is, she is a real inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah, and she's just been personally to me, like in terms of supporting me and, and helping me out. She's been, she's been brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, this is my episode. So 
let's talk about her. You can talk about her next next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's definitely. Move on. Yeah, sorry, Bavini. <laughs> We're moving on from you. <laughs> We've done enough pushing about you. We can do that next week. No, I love that. So. We're recording this in December to go out in January. Um, what does 2022 and beyond hold for you? What are the plans? Well, more of the same um, and and less of the same, really, I suppose. So <laughs> yeah. It's about, I think for me, like thinking through the next year, it's about, I guess, the year that I've had has been really great. And it's about distilling that, everything I've learned, refining that, getting to a point where I'm, learning from the lessons learning from the mistakes and and having another year of working with great clients having a great community but doing it in a little bit more of a balanced way i think that's really important and kind of making sure that the year that i had is now kind of that kind of 2.0 version which is like really good it's not i'm not gonna do anything drastically different in terms of the services that i offer or the you know the 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 way i work is just about getting better at it and and, you know working with working with clients that i want to work with a bit more because in the first half of my freelance journey you know i was definitely taking on anything and everything yeah and now it's about yeah refining and and perfecting as much as you can um to have a similar year but a better year yeah, yeah, I like that. Just keeping going, yeah. keeping going forward. And yeah, yeah, refinement and learning are always my uh, things I aim for. And then I totally, you know, as a magpie to see all the shiny things and think, oh yeah, I'll do that as well and that as well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saying no is so hard, isn't it? You see opportunities yes. where you see things and you're like, yep, 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 yep. Yep, do it all. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Right, so... Um, to end with, I'm trying out a thing, and uh, and this okay. is inspired by being freelance podcast actually, where you know he does his two treats and a lie at the end. So I'm going to go with some quick fire end questions. Um, okay. So the first one being in the spirit of the freelance community being an amazing support to each other, as we've talked about, name a freelancer we should connect with or follow. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose my wife because. Ah. Yeah, I'm because so her name's Ellie Ellie Garfield. Yep. She's on LinkedIn. She doesn't really use other social media much. Okay. So Ellie Garfield on on LinkedIn. Um, the reason is because she's quite quiet. She's she's brilliant. She's at you know obviously she's my wife, but she's she's <laughs> great and she's really funny and she's really cool. But she needs more people in her life and she's not very self-promotional she's not very like limelighty to a thought person you know the business is called tom garfield and i'm tom garfield but she's very much part of what we do and she's you know she's awesome so i want her to build her own network i want her to make some friends and she's uh she's brilliant so yeah if you can go connect with ellie garfield on linkedin that'd yeah be cool. and we can put a link in on the the show notes after so we'll okay. do that as well awesome. yeah i mean to ask you about that actually whether she was working with you on the business because i got the impression she had been yeah, 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 yeah. She definitely she does. So she does web design. She does a lot of my, right. you know, a lot of the the administration side of the business. But she's she she does a lot of our websites as well. And she's right. um, quickly quickly learning. She's always been very creative and artistic. And now she's getting to this kind of digital medium, and she's doing great. She's absolutely flying. Like now to the point where I'm not really doing any of the website design stuff myself she's she's pretty much doing it all so it's been brilliant but also she's she's still looking after our two-year-old most of the time yeah yeah she's doing great 
Brilliant. Our mm-hmm. team. I love that. Yeah. And uh, I have respect for anyone that can work with their partner. I think me and Graham would kill each other if we did. So. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people say that. We do get on really well, though. We do yeah. get on. Yeah, it's good. No, I think it's good if you've got your own distinct roles as well, isn't it, though? That's that's a big yeah. thing. But if you're yeah, doing two things that complement each other. So second question, name a resource, whether it's a podcast, a book, a community, whatever it might be, that you have found really helpful. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to name a book that I don't think that many people in the freelance community will, will know of. It might, I might be wrong, but um, the book is called Win Without Pitching, and it's by an author, a man called Blair Enns, and him and his techniques, and his, he's, a, he's a sales consultant and a sales trainer, and he he's his kind of niche is creative agencies but a lot of his lessons and a lot of the things he teaches work brilliantly for freelancers too so he he's all about um winning business without having to pitch and spend lots and lots of hours for free on writing proposals that you may or may not get uh so a lot of his techniques and a lot of his um teachings have really helped me in winning business and getting clients without getting into that race of pitching and bidding and hope you know getting compared to lots of other people and hoping that it will come off and losing projects I, I think every freelancer should read win without pitching if you're interested in getting more clients without well, with a bit less effort I suppose into yeah. the the unpaid proposal which is, is you know it's a big thing for me Oh yeah, definitely. And the the whole icky sales side, which was a huge thing that put me off going freelance, the thought of having to, yeah, yeah cold call, pitch, do the sales, all that side of thing. I must admit, I haven't yeah. heard of that one, and I'm a huge book mm. fiend, so I'll check that one out. Brilliant. So finally, last one, pick a number yeah. from one to thirty, and I'm going to ask you. It could be a nonsense question. It might be something that expands a little bit on uh, something we've touched on. Who knows? It could be anything. Okay. One to thirty. Yeah. All right. Well, my birthday is the 29th of December, Ooh. so I'm going to pick twenty-nine. <laughs> right. This is a good one. I asked um, Joe Watson about this one on um, yeah. the book launch evening, and she was uh-huh. brilliant her answer to this. But would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck, and why? Wow philosophical i know yeah no this is i'm gonna take this seriously because if i had to do this what would i want a hundred duck-sized horses i think a hundred i think a duck-sized horse would still be pretty strong they've got the kick and the bite whereas a duck i don't know they've probably got a big a good bite on them though as well haven't they hmm and is the is the are they both like are they going for it in terms of the fight they're not just standing yeah they want to fight me no, they're, they're up for a scrap. I mean, yeah. like in a ring and they're going for it. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah, let's go with that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because if otherwise, like a duck, would you just walk off. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On a horse, I suppose. They're not aggressive. All right. So I think it's got to be the... Wait, the horse size. I think it's got to be the horse size duck. I agree. Because a hundred... Yeah. Because a hundred duck sized horses... They'll still be strong. They'll be still be really strong, and there's no way you can handle that yeah. many in one, in one go. No, Whereas, a hundred of anything running at you, I think, can be intimidating, no matter the yeah. size. But yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, and I I find horses intimidating anyway, so I'd go for the duck. <laughs> it's got to be the big duck. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Cause, um, 
you could find a way. But with a yeah. hundred duck-sized horses, I don't. I don't well, I also think like a, a a horse-sized duck. When you think how scrawny their legs are, you could go for like the the you know when you kick someone in the back of the knee and they they get a dead yeah. leg. You could do yeah. that with a horse-sized duck. Exactly, sure. you can find a way yeah. with one. And could it be a Shetland pony-sized duck? Oh yeah, oh good just, point. That's only just a bit yeah. bigger, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Have to read the terms and conditions of the, of yeah. the match to see. What, <laughs> Do I get weapons? What the situation <laughs> was? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Distract it with some bread that you throw in. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, brilliant. That got deep. Yeah, I, than I, I thought it I'd did. Wanna, yeah, oh. I'd want to read the terms and conditions before I make my final decision, but probably it'd be the the horse-sized duck. Brilliant. I think I think that's a that's a plan. Uh, yeah. What what more could be said with that one? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Decision oh. made. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. It's been great to have you on. And yeah, it's been a, you've got, you're a real inspiration for how you've handled this first year and, you know, in the midst of a pandemic and all the rest of it, you, you're doing so well. And I think you'll be an inspiration to people that are following you and, you know, ready to make that leap. So thank you very thank much. Thank you. That's really nice of you to say. Cheers. No, no worries. And yeah, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and will come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingofftheladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week 